from Post Media, I'm Ewan Plater, and this is XY, a show about mental health in men. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Josh Cuthbert, musician, model, presenter, and social media personality. I'd never met Josh before and only really known him through his music in the band Union J, but he came to the studio with an incredible openness. It was the first time he's spoken about a lot of the issues he's faced, and as with anyone opening up for the first time, I can only say thank you. As always, today's episode is not to be taken as advice. This is just a conversation between two people. If you are looking for some more support, I've left the information of some great resources in the show notes, including those of Time to Change, and I wanted to draw attention to their Ask Twice campaign. Sometimes we say we're fine when we're not. A simple, are you sure you're okay, can make all the difference. Anyway, that's enough out of me. Let's get on with today's show. Okay, Fab. Happy podding. Happy this is my podding. first podcast, by the way. This is your first podcast? Genuinely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel super honoured, bro. Well. A know, veteran we'll, of the interview scene, but wait, first wait podcast. Till we, we'll wait till we hear what you say after. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I could tell Josh is first. He was so bad. Yeah, the minute you get, I'll be like, we're going to have to cut that. <laughs> no, nah, not at all, not at all. It's going to be cut down to about a five minute podcast. Literally. <laughs> we'll just do the bit about Costa Rica and that's it. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. So, Josh. Yes. Thanks for coming down, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you in the studio. Likewise. So, I think people know who, who you are, but I always like to start with if you could introduce yourself and if you could let us know what it is you do now. I think we'll get into what you've done, but it'd be yeah. great to know. To, what, what are you up to at the moment, Josh? So, my name, yeah, my name's Josh Cuthbert. Um, I'm 27 years old. Uh, I, at the moment, I guess I... I do a few things. I've got my kind of fingers in a few pies, excuse the pun. I kind of do some social media influencing, um, modeling, uh, still do some singing. And um, that's kind of... That's kind of it, really, I guess. You've got lots going on. Though. A bit of TV stuff as well. I still TV do some stuff. TV stuff, which is really cool. And I'm trying to explore more of that. So, And a lot of that's quite new for you as well, I think. It is, yeah. It's like um, kind of coming from... I started off in a band, like I from the age of like... I don't know, like 13, I've been involved in music and bands and stuff. So I've always had like other lads yeah. to my right and my left yeah. kind of keeping me company. And it's kind of only in the last sort of nine months that I've actually doing it solo on my own. Yeah. It's, 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 it's cool though. I like it. It's a different vibe. Mm. Actually, you've kind of mentioned that there, that you've been in a band since you were 13 or started in a mm. band when you were 13. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about that because yeah. you kind of, you became famous super quickly and I don't think there's anything true about the whole phrase of an overnight success but mm. there's definitely overnight celebrities you know and and all of a sudden you just burst onto our screens on the x factor yeah wildly successful super Thank talented you. not to just blow no, smoke very kind um, but yeah incredible had a drink of you <laughs> <laughs> this early i hope not um but yeah your age is one of those things i actually wanted to talk about because that's a lot of attention at such a young age mm. and how did that feel at the time it's hard to explain really like you said it's it kind of does happen as overnight as the saying goes, really. Yeah. It's, um, I guess for years, for, since I was about 13, you know, 12, 13, I'd been in different bands trying to make it, signed to a different label, you know, different managers, let down loads, yeah. um, and then audition for the X Factor with, with my band. And, um, you know, all of a sudden you kind of, we got through luckily. Yeah. And all of a sudden overnight, when we did it, there were sort of 12 million people that watched the show which I mean, was stupid, you know, it's a crazy amount of people. It's crazy numbers. And like all of a sudden overnight, 12 million people know who you are and yeah. you've been on their screens for 10 minutes the night before. And it everything obviously changes and you don't know how to, you, you get no training, you get no no kind of even a remote inkling to what it's going to be like. Yeah. And uh, it's hard, it's hard. Like it's, it's great fun, but it's hard. And especially at that age, because, you know, mm. I've spoken to a few different guests about when their career took off or whatever. Mm. 
and I've thought, okay, when I was 17, I certainly wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Or when I was 20, I certainly wasn't ready for yeah. that. But the age of 13 is just such a... Like, I don't even remember what I was doing. When I, was, I think I had Pokemon cards. <laughs> Me like, too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like, I, and I was probably watching The X Factor and thinking, God, I'd love to do that. But mm. it's only as an adult, I can now look at that industry and having worked yeah. in it and thought, that's a lot of pressure mm. on a child. You yeah, know? it is. It is. And I think that's why, that's why it's like I felt a lot older yeah i've always felt like i feel a lot older than i actually am because yeah you, the experiences you know even just going up to auditions with my mum, she used to take me to audition after audition and she was the most amazing thing amazing. the most amazing supportive person i could have ever dreamed for yeah and you know she took me to so many auditions and you know most of the time you get no's like you know 99 percent of the time it's a no yeah and it's it makes you a stronger person you have to you have to have a more of a hard head on your shoulders think to sort of you've deal got with a, rejection. I think you've got a thicker skin because thicker of skin, it. Thicker skin, that's the saying, not a harder head. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good it one. It works, we'll go with it. I think I'll use that. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, don't, don't delete that bit. We'll keep it in. That's yeah. a great line. Hopefully great line. It trends or something. After this. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> hard head. And um, yeah, and I think that something else was you clearly were looking for that industry mm. at quite a young age mm-hmm. before X Factor happened. So was it what you expected? Oh. <sighs> You paint this kind of image of what it will be like in your head because, you know, I've been a huge fan of The X Factor growing up. I watched it. I auditioned, actually, funny enough, when I was 14. Oh, right, So I got to the final 12 lads when I was 14. And I was the youngest ever boy to ever audition for the show. And, like, I went to boot camp, got to the final stages of boot camp with my mum. My mum had to come because (laughs) I wasn't over 16. No way. So she massively cramped my style. But, you know... (laughs) Um, all of those legal things I had to, I had to go through for ITV, whatever it was, but it, it isn't what you think. It's, okay. it's so, it's, it's a machine. Yeah. X Factor is a machine that just, it's the, the same Star format Factory. every year. They know what they're looking for. They know what works. Yeah. They churn it out year after year after year yeah, yeah. and they hope that they can get some success from it. And like, that's, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have success, most people that do it, even if they get to the final 12, which is the live shows. Yeah you can kind of count on two hands people that have done that have been successful from yeah. it and you know it's it's hard like it's hard work. I think it's one of those things that you kind of just presume that if you're in the final 12 and live shows you're probably going to get a single out of it you know like mm. you'll probably do a mm. thing mm. but it's very forgettable you know I think yeah. that industry as a whole will drop you as quickly as it picks you up massively we um you don't really think of when when you're in a band it's like realistically every band in particular bands have a shelf life right you know five six seven four years three years whatever it is bands typically don't last forever because that's just the way it is it's harder to reinvent yourself as a band than it is a solo artist right so you can't kind of change with the times as much okay but we knew that and you know that when you're going into it but when you're in it you never think it's going to end so when it so when it did end and it kind of when we got that phone call kind of four what five years after the X Factor, like I've skipped five years now, but five <laughs> years comes and then you get a phone call kind of saying like, Sony are dropping you. Yeah. Your whole world just collapses and it's really hard to kind of like... And how did you feel at that time when it all kind of started to fall apart? Horrible. Yeah. I um, I just, I mean, so it was around the January. So we released a single, I can remember it was about 2015, I think, or 2014. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was the November time we released a single uh it was our last it, it ended up being our last single under sony because we signed to sony after x factor and um we released that single it uh went to midweek number one 
and right. we were beaten by Mr. Ed Sheeran to number one spot, which is, you know, I'm sure most people it's a graceful know second who that place. guy is, yeah. right? Like he's quite a talented, <laughs> successful, very rich man. Yeah. Um, and uh, he smashed it, yeah. obviously, it's Ed Sheeran. So like we were gutted um, and uh, Ed Sheeran beat us to number one. We had number two. And like, funnily enough, we had a show that night and Ed Sheeran was performing on the same show as us. And he knocked on the door in our dressing room and was like, lads, I'm so sorry. Like, because, you know, he was honest. He was what like, I know how much more... And number one would have meant to you guys than me. Yeah. But he, it kind of, when you say it like that, it sounds like, oh, big headed, but it's, he meant it in a really genuine, yeah. Yeah. I don't really, having a number one for me doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Whereas you guys would make a massive difference. Yeah. You know, for me right now to sit there and say, I've had a number one single would be the best thing in the be world, huge. right? Yeah, but yeah. I still had a number two, which is great. But anyway, but going back to that, it's like, so that was in the November. Yeah. Things were amazing. We were buzzing. We were really happy. You know, yeah. I've never been happier in my life. I just met my wife to be Chloe at the time. Amazing. Life was great. We get to January. So what? Two, two and a half, three months later, we get to January. I go to LA with Chloe for like a month in between singles, just to have a little rest, just to have a holiday. Yeah. And I get a call from my manager when I'm in LA. This is three months after meeting Chloe, three months after our singles just done really well. Basically saying, Sonia dropping you. And I've kind of gone from right up here feeling on top of the world mm -hmm. to just having that completely swept from my underneath me. Everything taken Everything, away. It's essentially like basically they're saying you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. right? Because a record fired. label. Yeah, yeah. A record label is like your way of releasing music. It's yeah. it's they pay you. They give you an annual allowance and all that stuff. You know, it's essentially it's, you know, we're employed job. by Sony. Right. So, yeah. And that that was that really hit me really hard. Like, what did you go through afterwards? I just met Chloe at the time, my my wife right now. So I guess I had her and I still had the kind of honeymoon period that we were in to yeah. kind of keep me maybe distracted. But um, I think it hit me properly like a year later because we still had a load of gigs booked in, really good gigs. Okay. You know, really good money gigs, all of that stuff. So that wasn't a problem. I didn't worry about kind of financial stuff. I didn't worry about that. But then when they started to slow up, mm -hmm. I just just hit like this kind of... I just got really scared, really worried about, well, what am I going to do now? Like, I've kind of dedicated my whole life to this band. I've not really focused on individual opportunities. I've turned down a lot of individual things for the band. And like that feeling of kind of feeling alone, because Sony aren't there, like no one's there to ask how you are. Managements aren't there to say, how are you feeling? There's no, no one there. It's almost like all of a sudden you you have this, for, for four years of your life, I had this huge people working with us that yeah. you could call up from PR people to, to pre, you know, to, to managers, to tour managers, to your day-to-day -day manager. You've you had a huge support huge structure, team. a huge network. Yeah. yeah. So you feel, you feel like, you feel great. Like you feel supported, supported. And then none of them are there anymore uh -huh. because they go on to the next thing. Of course. They and go on to hard. the next band, the next artist. Whatever it is. And and what um what did that come to life as for you? Because if you're saying you hit rock bottom, mm. what what how did that manifest in in your life for you? It led to me becoming very angry, yeah, bitter, yeah. Um, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah man, like I used to think that I just was just just frustrated at at how you know it's hard to kind of explain how that feeling is of feeling I don't know. Like I didn't really enjoy the kind of fame, I hate that word, but the fame aspect of it, mm -hmm. the kind of people stopping you on the street asking for a picture. I never really enjoyed that, but in, I didn't enjoy that until 
it slowed down, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And I don't want it to come across like that the only reason I ever did music or anything was to be famous in inverted commas. No. It's not like that at all. But you kind of just feel, you feel a bit worthless. You yeah. feel a bit that no one really cares anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I guess in a lot of ways, the success of the band is tied to how many people buy the singles, go to the shows, you know, follow yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, and for that to be taken away, what that means is that the success of your career was intrinsically linked to, you know, the public validating you. Yeah. And then for that to just be pulled away, it's a bit like, yeah, no, I don't think that sounds arrogant or yeah. at all to say that you missed people being like, oh my God, the band, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's totally fair because yeah. for a long time... Because that's what you base your success off, right? Yeah. If there's loads of people there knowing and loving your music and yeah. loving what you're doing, you're doing it right. right? Who, you know who wouldn't I mean? want that? Exactly. Know? So it's like if you the moment you stop getting that as much or at all, you don't feel like you're being successful. Yeah. And then there comes this kind of, you know, this is really actually when we started the band, social media was obviously a thing. Yep. It was Twitter was the main thing. Yep. Which actually there were no kind of, there was no Instagram stories. There was no Snapchat. No. It was very much like you write a tweet yeah. and that's yeah, yeah. it. And you can post a picture, yeah. a picture of you doing whatever. But like we kind of started just before Instagram really kicked off. And then obviously that kind of happens and, you know, I leave the band and the band finishes type thing and, I'm kind of on my own. And that's when the social media world is very much like a huge exploded. Thing. And I then get involved in that. And that leads to like followers and then yeah. there's a new revenue channel. Yeah. And yeah. A new so, thing for you to do. Mm. You mentioned, um, you mentioned to me that body image has been like a big thing for you. Yeah. And I think it's a big thing for a lot of guys, you know, it's come up a few times on the show. Um, and even off the show, it's something that I yeah. speak with my friends about a lot. Yeah. Because I think that the, the big question around body image in men is, well, it's twofold. It's why do we feel this um, this need to look a certain way? But also, I guess, for someone like you, um, again, without blowing more smoke, very attractive no. guy, you're no. in great shape. So I think it can sometimes be hard for people to say, well, why is he worried about his body image? But what does that look like for you? Because I think that that relationship with how you look is a very interesting mm. um, dynamic that yeah. a lot of guys could relate to. It's um, doing what I do. I guess I travel a lot. Yeah. So I'm kind of uh, on beaches. You know, I'm very lucky. Like, I, I that's part of my job that I love. Like, Chloe, yeah. my wife and I get to travel all over the world, and which is great. Yeah. Which is, I love. I love traveling. Traveling, in my opinion, is the best thing in the world. Right. Yeah. That, that's why. I, that's why I, in my head, I'm at my happiest when I'm traveling. But yeah, that man. obviously comes with you've got a, a lot of the time. You you've got your top off. You know, you've got you've, you're in swim shorts, whatever it is. Yeah. And like, I I panic. Oh my god. Like I I. I hate, I hate, really hate the idea of me being on the beach with my top off because it's, I'm the most insecure person that like, you, all you can do is ask my friends and my family and my, and my wife, like I am the most insecure guy you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's the pressures of having to look good in my industry is probably a lot more than most other industries, but that doesn't mean that my mates that are just that just do normal kind of jobs aren't surrounded by Instagram pictures of lads yeah. with six packs, with a great chest, with great arms, with tiny waists, you know, with these gigantic legs. And it's like, you know, these, these muscles going in places that I didn't even know were possible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, Agreed. you're surrounded by that. And, but that's social media for you because, you know, no one's going to post those people that with those great bodies aren't going to post a picture unless they look great. Right. No. So that, but then that's all you think that, you have to look like and it's pressure for guys 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 
are seen to be, for some reason, portrayed as weak if you speak about this topic that we're now talking about, right? 100%. Guys think it's a... It's a taboo. Yeah, guys still, yes, it's getting better, but guys still are embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's as hard for guys than it is for women. And, and listen, I'm, I, I, I think being a woman is extremely difficult. I'm not one, obviously, yeah. so I can't completely relate. But being a guy is just as hard, in my opinion, because yeah. actually, like, unless you are ripped and unless you are got muscles and all this stuff you're not regarded as in good shape no and that's unsustainable like it's unsustainable unless you dedicate your life to it well that's the thing five that, days a week yeah unless you're a profession like unless you are a model or a hollywood mm. actor and an action man or whatever yeah but the, <laughs> action man action man do you know many uh, i don't know any unfortunately <laughs> nor do i i'll let you know when i meet one yeah totally but i think the thing for me is um you see these guys in movies and you see them on Instagram and mm. it feels like it should be relatively simple yep. to emulate because you see the protein brands and you see the yep. fitness brands that tell you like, buy this product. Yeah. And then there's supplements that are all abbreviated like BCAA, FG, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And even though I'm not an idiot and I know that you can't just in a couple of weeks turn your yeah. body around, I almost want to believe that because I'm looking at it on Instagram and think, oh, if I just hit the gym a bit yeah. harder, if I just do X, Y, Z, I could look great. I guess the difference for me is there's no expectation from me to post on social media a lot. Mm. And I think that what you said about how social media kind of came after the band for you, yeah. or it existed, but Instagram and stuff boomed after the band. Do you feel like it's, um, do you feel the pressure to look good on social media then? All the time. Yeah. The pressure to look good on social media is, is yeah, it's, it's immense. Yeah. Because you're just surrounded by it. People only post not most people only post good things happy things things yeah. where they look great you know like totally. you don't post i'm uh, me I'm, I'm one of those people yeah i don't you know and i admit that and maybe i should shouldn't care as much um because then maybe it'll, inc it'll encourage other lads that follow me yeah that it's okay not to look you don't have to look you don't have to look a, a, a stereotypically perfect guy because because yeah. it's just unsustainable but the problem is, is social media love island right mm -hmm. i watch love island and last series and i sit there on the couch and i feel i feel rubbish yeah watching these lads because these lads are, but these lads are in the top 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 minute percentage like one percent not world. even one percent yeah. even lower than that yeah, yeah, like yeah. even lower than that they, yeah. you know they are their 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 physiques are crazy like but that's unsustainable so guys think that that they should look like that but actually a lot of the time it's genetics for god's sake like, yeah totally actually not everyone genetically can achieve that a, kind yeah, of body of course they can't yeah yeah so it's, you know, I would love Love Island and shows like this to just put normal people on it. Totally. Why do the, why do the ladies have to have, to have a, certain a certain body way. type? Why do the guys have to, you know, most 99% of the time have six packs, have this? I why, think why it, it, it's like a super interesting one because it comes back to the whole reality TV thing of having responsibility for the people that are on the show. Mm. Um, and I've spoken about that quite a lot in this in terms of the aftercare and even your experience, mm. you know, with reality TV. When you take ordinary people... And then you put them in the limelight and then they're just in this industry where you've got publicists and all the rest of it. But the other side of that, as you've just said there, is are these shows representative of the population? Because they're not. And as you say, you watch Love Island, you've got this set of yeah. superhumans, you know, like all the women are gorgeous by traditional standards. All the guys are ripped and yep. like handsome by traditional standards. And then I'm the same as you sitting at home going... I don't look like that. Maybe I should hit the gym yeah. a bit more. Maybe I'd be happier. I sat if... there with my McFlurry thinking, God damn it, Josh, yeah, put it down. Done it again. Yeah. I've got my Indian. Yeah. I'm not a McFlurry guy, but I've got my Indian ring. Oh, there we go. Pop-a-doms. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, got the chutney out. 
And yeah, and that's, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's damaging to me, but it certainly just sets an expectation that I should mm. have. Yeah. Um, where do you think that started? Where do you think this engine of wanting to create this male body image came from? Because I don't expect you to have the solutions, but it's a really interesting, like, why are we doing that? If people don't want to see it, then... Mm, I, d- I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a really tough one. I don't know. Because um, if we it, didn't want to see it, they wouldn't make it. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, on always guys like looking at good-looking women and women like looking at good-looking guys on telly and you know and guys like you know whatever your sexuality is and all that stuff you know people like looking at attractive people I guess but I think that it's only going to get worse I don't think it's I don't think it's shown any signs of changing no and I think until until uh big influencers or big person tv personalities come out and show that they're not in shape or they're not the top of what they can look like yeah. all year round. Yeah. But yeah, fundamentally it is painting like an unrealistic picture mm. of what people in those articles look like. Yeah. Um, I think as well that there's something to be said about, I mean, maybe it is brave to chat about your mental health as a man, or maybe it's just that that should be the new norm. Yeah. But something that I've kind of said to all of the guys that have come in this show is that I'm really grateful for their honesty and transparency. Mm. And it's not been something that you've spoken about before. Yeah. And I guess what's kind of prompted you to talk about it now just because it's got quite bad my, for you yeah yeah being honest like it's um i my you know things that i struggle with for example my wife is gorgeous like she's <laughs> she's and i'm not just saying it like you know she's she's a model she's she's beautiful in my eyes she's perfect yeah. obviously you know she's my wife she should but, be. Yeah. yeah but like i struggle with that because i sort of always think in my head ah oh, god you know like i'm i'm a ugly you know, I'm her ugly other half, like, oh, because she's so perfect. That's how I feel, you know, in my head. It sounds stupid, but, and then, you know, there'll be times where I wake up in the morning and I'll look at myself and think, oh, I hate the way I look. I won't want to leave the house. So like, it's, you know, it comes if I get angry. I, I get really anxious before I go to public, even just go for a night out, mate, with friends or family. I get work stressed because I don't know why. I feel like that's probably because in my head I, always feel like even though they're not i know they're not if no one does but because everyone is so worried about themselves right that no one actually this is what chloe always says to me she's like don't worry about what other people think no one's looking because no one's looking because they're only thinking about themselves anyway yeah. so everyone's just in this kind of mind frame of thinking about themselves but that doesn't stop me from thinking what if they think i look shit or yeah whatever. whatever it is or like and i i will say to chloe it's like it's how i feel yeah i feel if i feel crap about myself it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of me if as if i feel like that i will come across as you know sometimes i struggle to even look at people in the eye if i it's you know it gets to that point where it's i'm so insecure with myself a lot of the time that it's not a fun place or headspace to be in so doesn't um, sound it it's not mate and i you know like i but I'm sure there are so many other lads out there that feel the same. That's the thing. And I can't even tell you how many times I've put an episode out there and I've had someone DM me on Instagram and yeah. say, oh, I really enjoyed that person's episode because I'm feeling the same mm. way. And mm. even stuff that you've said just now in a very different, like I've never had to live with fame, but yeah. I can completely relate to that. You know, there's nights when you go out and you don't, if you don't feel great about mm. yourself and you're not happy yeah. or you're just in a weird mood, then it doesn't matter yeah. if you if other people did think you yeah. look great. Who cares if they actually do? But if you're That's not feeling thing. great about yourself, then yeah, you're never gonna you're never gonna feel 
good about anything. They're never going to be feel confident. You no. know, that conf- confidence is like such an important thing, isn't it, in life? Like if you don't have that, then it, it makes life a lot harder. Do you know what I mean? If you don't have, if you're not confident within your own body and your own skin. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like, but guys can't, you know, for example, on, on social media, like my wife does a lot of social media stuff. So I see it. The amount of supportive girls that there are that will comment on her photos. Yeah comment on other girls photos other girls saying love your makeup love your hair love yeah. your outfit you know guys don't do that that's a good point guys don't... don't do that and i don't know why because they feel like they're but em- it's embarrassing to do so because you're a guy yeah you know why why not show a bit of love like yeah yeah you know I, I that's all, so true you know why don't us as guys show some more love to other guys because because it's so it's so much more normal now for guys to look after themselves right yep. like to look into their skincare their hair gym yeah whatever it is clothes grooming the work grooming like it's, everything it's like normal. it's becoming it's becoming so much bigger now yeah so like why don't we embrace that more and be more supportive towards other lads yeah you know not banter with lads is always going to be a thing right you know without banter in my in my lad group it's boring as hell yeah obviously that's the fun but bit. like yeah. the occasional compliment here and there would probably help Agreed. i think and you, I think you're right as well insofar as maybe it's just the way that we've been trained as men, but I would totally do that. I'd scroll past, say, like mm. your image on Instagram mm. and say, I thought you had like a sick pair of trainers on or whatever. Mm. I would just think it, mm. you know, I'd just be like, mm. oh, they're cool. Yeah. And then I'd keep on scrolling. I would never think to actually so comment and compliment you mm. and say, oh, well done or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really in the the wheelhouse of skills that I think guys have. It's true. But like it would make, I think it would make a, a big, you know, whenever I, like, it's the thing I always go out of my way when my mates come on for nights out, like you know, they are, they're a normal group of lads, just a normal, you know, we all like, I'm just normal, just like me, very normal, love my football, typical boy, like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Typical boy things that I like, yeah, typical yeah, yeah. lad things. It's not too complicated. No, just yeah. basic lad, like, that's all I am. And I, and, you know, I know all my mates care about what they wear. Like, yeah. I know they go out of their way to try and find nice For outfits. Sure. Of course they do. But I always make sure I compliment them. I would never get one back, ever. <laughs> but like, I don't mind, but it's, do you know what I mean? It's like, if, if, if guys are more kind of supportive of other guys, that could make... A huge difference. Yeah, just, 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 we're not talking about like reinventing the wheel here. It's just doing the couple of little things that would make such a difference. I think the really frustrating thing for most guys as well is that that support and that love and that care, it does exist Mm. in friendship groups. Mm. It's just not a very surface level thing. So we're much more prone to not give those little compliments and and just say like love you mate and all that kind of stuff that's not really like what we do we need our friends to be in a really deep hole Mm. and then the support shows up Mm. because like and i've experienced that you know i've i've had pretty crap days and i've just kind of been like yeah i'm okay whatever blah 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 blah. or i've told a friend they're like oh yeah let me know if you want to talk about it but the support doesn't it's not that i don't think they don't care it's just that as guys i think we find it tough to be there for each other Whereas when yeah. something really bad happens, I think the support is there. You know, you can go to your friends and be like, say it was a divorce or say it was like a death in the family. Yep. Of course, your mates aren't just going to banter with you. They're going to want to be there yep. for you. But they're only there when it gets really tough. When it gets really tough. Whereas like if they could be there for when it's starting to potentially get tough, yeah, then yeah, it yeah. may stop it from ever getting tough in the first place, right? Completely. And that's so, the thing is a lot of the time we say, oh, it's not a big issue. So I just mm-hmm. don't want to talk about it. But one of the biggest things that I've learned through the years is that big issues rarely start as big issues. Of course. It, it can start as small as 
I spilled coffee on my jeans, <laughs> you know? Yeah, literally. It can be a tiny little thing that just sets you off in a spiral and then you're in a negative headspace and then before you know it, you're feeling really crappy about something. Yeah. Um, and not being able to catch those little moments can be like super damaging. So 100% agree that it's Couldn't it's about the day to day. Of course it is. And just little things would make such a difference. I agree. I agree. Such a difference. But guys don't feel like they can do that. No. And uh, we'd rather just do the bravado bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame, but like, just talking you're right just talking if any of you guys listen out there are going through stuff talk to people that's mm-hmm. what i recommend just talking to people just because avoid what's the thing a problem aired is a problem shared is it something like that Some, a something problem like, shared is a is problem, problem aired. half that's it you know what i mean god i'm not very good that with one. sayings am i you know what i mean got a lot of new ones yeah i know the hard head whatever i said earlier but it's like it's true the moment you can kind of put a little bit of weight off your shoulders onto maybe someone else like that's why you've got friends and family there right mm-hmm. so use them and have you always um have you always felt like you could speak in behind closed doors have you always felt vocal with your family and friends only in the last few months yeah before that you just felt like you before that i just used up. to i before that i used to just take everything out on chloe yeah. and like that was really hard for her at times of course. because you know she would have to deal with my lows and like you know that i know that's part of being husband and wife and being Mm -hmm. i know that's part of the responsibility that comes with it but i did and still do put a lot more pressure on her than maybe i should do yeah and i've kind of realized that in recent months actually instead of ranting and raving in front of her or to her about how i feel in my head why not do it to one of my best mates why not do it to my mum? because it's like she then doesn't feel like she's walking on eggshells all the time yeah and uh, it 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 definitely helps our relationship because, like, you know, whenever I do feel sad, whenever I do feel stressed, anxious, angry, upset, whatever it is, it's like, you know, just kind of because she's got that burden too. She feels like she's that's that's so true, and I think it's mm. th- that's the tough bit because opening up, maybe it's a guy thing or maybe it's a human thing, but for me, opening up feels like you're putting shit on someone else's plate. Yeah. And then they've got to deal with mm. you feeling low. And it's like, well, how yeah. am I just like upsetting the yeah. other person by telling them how I feel? But if you can put all of those little bits of shit on loads of different plates, yeah. it <laughs> makes it, it do you know, it's true. Like it yeah. makes it less intense for one person. So do you, do you feel guilty about opening up then around people? Do you think that it's, cause it sounds, cause like I've never met Chloe, but mm. um, it sounds like she's an amazing woman. She's, she's been really supportive to you, but it sounds like you feel like you've, I don't know. I feel like I uh, let put too much on her shoulders as well. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so it's like, because it's like, maybe it's a guy thing, I don't know, but like I always feel embarrassed to ever voice how I feel. I used to, not anymore. Yeah. I used to feel embarrassed to ever voice how I feel to friends and family because I want them to feel like I'm successful. Yeah. So for some stupid reason, now I don't care. I honestly don't care anymore because it's like my mental health is more important than how successful I am or how successful I'm perceived to be or how successful I perceive myself to be. But that was a big driver for you. That was a big driver for me because it's like, you know, when I've, I've kind of done some really cool things and the music stuff was great and it's like very few people get that opportunity and I'm, and I love the fact and I'm very lucky and I always count my lucky stars for that. So it's like, but in, for some reason I used to think, oh God, like I've still got to give off this perception of being successful. Mm-hmm. And actually, do you know what? Like happiness doesn't come with that. At all. At all. It helps at times, of course. 
And like, I know. And the thing is, I can sit here now and tell you this. Yeah. But there are times when I feel low and when I feel sad, anxious, angry, whatever it is, I don't, I can't, I don't feel what I'm saying now. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know it to be true. I know it to be but- true, but I find it hard in certain times when I'm in certain headspaces to take on my own advice that I'm now talking about. I hear you. And to, so, ju- yeah. and to, to process it into my brain and deliver that feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's where it's frustrating because I can talk to you now and tell you how, give you advice if you feel how I feel, but yeah. I can't take my own advice sometimes. I've... I've spent so much time thinking about that, especially over the last year or so, because mm. I've taken jobs, I've gone to events, I've I've done so much in my life that was designed so that other people would look at me and go, oh, Yoon's so successful. Yeah. Like, Yoon's yeah. a big ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look how successful and happy this guy is. And I just had the two kind of bundled in together, that in order to be happy in life, I needed to have the best wardrobe, the best car, the best house. And that sounds so stupid because obviously right. you grow up being told that money doesn't equal happiness and you know it to be true, but you decide to check anyway. Yeah. <laughs> decide to be yeah. like, well, yeah. I'm just going to just gonna double check that yeah. I can't check. Yeah, yeah. buy my way to happiness. Yeah, yeah. Did, so if that, if that kind of success driving thing has always been really important to you and it, it's cool that you're now saying that it's less so now, but was that the way before the band? Or did all of these kind of issues around anger and anxiety and things like that, did they manifest because of fame or was it always there and then it's been exacerbated by it? It's never been there before, ever. I, I don't know that I can think. Yeah. And, you know, if you speak to my mum, maybe there are typical times where I'd be a typical teenager. But apart from that, no. Like, honestly, it's it it's what it does to you. It's, you kind of, it's the kind of highs and it's the extreme high and the extreme low that I struggle with. Yeah. Because, you know, last year I did, I recorded Celebrity MasterChef on BBC One, right? Which I loved. I had, I had the best, mate, honestly, like I had the best three, four weeks filming that. I bet. Because it's something that I've never really done. I put myself out of my comfort zone. You get a bit of routine. This is the thing I really struggle with, right? Not having routine. Because of my work, I don't have a nine to five job. So therefore, I don't know what I'm doing each day. Every day is different, which to some people, most people in a nine to five sounds exciting because nine to five to a nine to five person is boring. Yep. I get that. You know, all of my mates are not, do nine to five jobs and they would love to, but it, it comes with stress. It comes with, you know, uncertainty of one month not earning any money or like not feel like you're progressing in your life and then one month being really busy and having that kind of constant you feel great. Like I did the MasterChef thing. I felt great. Loved it. It finished. And then I did nothing. I remember doing nothing for about three weeks. And I remember thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I just would sit on my sofa panicking and thinking, oh my God, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm rubbish. I'm a failure. Like, and it, you no. just feel, you know, you think things like that, but in my industry, it's impossible to be busy all the time. You can't be. You can't be. It's impossible. And it's if you were, you'd be a multi, multi, you know, you'd be, you'd be, you know, you'd, like, you'd be super rich, super successful. Yeah, you can't release impossible. a single every day. You can't go on a world tour every day. Like, of course it's... you can't. But, you know, like I was speaking to Jim about this, actually, Jim Chapman, uh, at an event we were at a few about two months ago. And um, in our industry that Jim and I are in, every person you meet, you say, oh, how are you doing? And, you know, I genuinely am interested in how they're doing. Whereas I feel like most people aren't. You know, they'll just say the same generic crap is like, oh, really busy at the moment, mate. That no, word like, busy, yeah. me and Jim were speaking about it, it is the most annoying word. Because if you're saying you're really busy, you're not really busy. 
because you're just saying it because you feel like you have to say it. It's just like, oh, how boring. Because like, that's how this industry works. Yeah. Like busy, it's good, good yeah. at the moment. Lots just going on. Just be honest. Like, yeah. you know, like, just just be honest. Like, that that makes such a difference, you know. I think, like, I'm, I hear you loud and clear. Like, I can remember so many of these bougie London parties that you go to. And I don't think I enjoyed any of them. You know what? You, you know what? That's a lie. I think I enjoy it for about... There's probably like a minute or like a 20 second period <laughs> when you've got a glass of champagne. When you're walking you're, out the door. Yeah, when you're in the way, the like taxi in the <laughs> when way When you're home. in your Uber. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. But it's, I think it's easy to think you're happy when um, you're carefree. So when you've had a drink and maybe you're in a fabulous restaurant or an amazing party or whatever, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm. this life validates me. This I'm a happy individual. But it's... Yeah, it's stressful. And I definitely got anxiety going to things like that because I knew that I'd have to like stand in rooms wearing like a cool outfit and you had to look cool or else why are you there? And then you've got to talk to certain people. And then, yeah, exactly what you said about being busy. You've got to give it all the chat of like, how's things? How's the brand going? Things are great. Amazing. We're doing so much at the moment. We've got this launch coming up. Like couldn't be happier. Mm. Like budgets are bigger, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And you're just PR, 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 PR. Like you're PR on yourself. You're PR on if you work for a company, you're doing that. And it's all just about networking and inverted commas. Mm. And it's just not fun. And for me, the more that I did that and the the more that that became like a central feature of my career. And this sounds such a wanky thing to say. And I'm just kind of trusting that you believe me, it's true. But the more that that kind of shit happened, the more I enjoyed sitting with my wife and my beagle in my pants, eating ice cream, watching netflix amen brother literally amen. going so down true. going down pub with like my best mate having a pint yeah i value that so infinitely more now than yeah. i did three years ago when i was still this like arrogant little shit who was just so desperate to be like successful and to be accepted right yeah, to yeah, feel yeah. like you fit in with completely the, the yeah. cool crowd and you'd look at that industry and be like why am i at the center of that yeah. like why am i running the show over there you know yeah. and then you get not that i ever ran the show not that i was ever at the center of it but you get closer to it and you're like shit i don't i don't think i give a fuck about this yeah it's so true it's a tough one it's really tough you, you've hit the nail on the head it's literally how i feel god i feel like yeah we I feel, feel like we, get on. we should be in a boy band together, we should be man. in a boy band <laughs> we get on like a house house on fire Release lighthouse family we we, we, could, we could do something new like that <laughs> single coming this christmas literally album. oh man i think like we've actually spoken about pretty much i actually wanted to get through yeah i guess like there's a couple more things I wanted to touch on. And of course. With mental health being such a pronounced issue for men and male suicide being such a pronounced issue for men, what what do you think that the kind of the next year should look like? You know, what could what could we do today moving forward with guys that would that would move things along? I think on television and things like like that, there there should you know, there's loose women yeah. on ITV every every day. Um, why can't there be something about men sometimes? You know, why can't there be a panel, okay. a panel of guys going on yeah. there and talking about guy things? Yeah. Um, loose men. You know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just using that as, as an example. I think that I've never thought of some like yeah, like why aren't there a daytime talk show where guys are guys vulnerable can talk with each about other? Guy things. Yeah. And you know, if, if guys are at work, they can record it and go home and and watch it. And you know, it's a great point. Not just about you know, I love football, right? I yeah. always watch. I sit there on Saturdays and Sundays watching Gillette Soccer Saturday and Sky Sports and all that stuff, listening to what all these guys talk about football. Why why aren't there things where guys talk about how guys actually feel? Yeah. How they feel on day to day. Yeah, guys shows, guys shows, inverted commas, they're always rooted in 
like a something else. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It's always like sports or entertainment or cars. Or it's manly ne- things, right? Or manly things. It's never just about guys. It's never about fashion. It's never about what they wear. It's never about how they feel. It's it's always, yeah, you're right. It's always about the stereotypical boy thing. Yeah, it's right? anchored in like a yeah. thing. Yeah, like why can't there be a sh- Even if it's one, I don't know. Like I think there's a responsibility for TV producers for... Um, you know, media in general to maybe open up a something that that is for guys that can talk about things. You know, even on the day daytime telly shows, it's a lot about women stuff. Which I get that most women watch it, but why do those women? Why is it ninety percent of women that watch these things? Mm-hmm. Because all they talk about is women stuff, right? And female orientated stuff, which is great. And I think that shouldn't stop, but there should also be more stuff about guys. Yeah, and I think that would make a huge difference. I think. Um, Guys like myself, you know, and there's obviously a lot bigger, more successful influencers than me. I, I, I'm not saying I'm, you know, big time at all, but I could probably help more. I could probably, you know, this is why I've come here to talk to you. Yeah. Like, I love, I've never really spoken about this before and I've really enjoyed it. I feel like this is the best therapy session I could ever have. Genuinely. Mate, like tell me about it. It's lovely just chatting yeah. and um, maybe more stuff like this that we do could help guys. But I think there's loads of stuff we can do. But when you touch in on the suicidal thing, like it's, it's it's a problem mm-hmm. and uh there's not enough being done yeah you know like that mike guy from love, love island. island and i can relate to how he probably felt at the time you know i've i've got myself into to, to head spaces where at that moment in time i could have done something stupid mm-hmm. like and i'm not just saying that for attention or a cry for help i'm nobody would think you were man like i don't want it to come across like that anyone's yeah, yeah. feel sorry for me but i felt so low at times so i get it i get why guys feel sure. like that but for I just I don't know what can be done but it's like we need to it needs to be feel okay for guys to feel weak and feel vulnerable yeah because it's fine you know ladies talk it's fine but guys for some reason still we still feel like it's a sign of weakness but it's not it's the it's the sign of strength in my opinion to, to admit to the weaknesses because yeah. everyone has them everyone has them yeah and if they don't they're lying I agreed and those kind of low moments, like that's super brave of you to just open up like that. But those kind of low moments are something that like I'm so conscious of in my male friends mm. to like look, not even look out for signs. Because I think a lot of the time it's people that you just did not expect mm. that, that go on to commit suicide because you do from a third party angle think they've lived like a happy life or they yeah. don't show any signs, whatever those signs are, like quote unquote. But what that's made me do is try to do as much of this as possible but mm. just without the microphones you know mm. like yeah 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 trying to engage in conversation with your guy mates and just temperature check as much as possible mm. um and it feels really unnatural still at times mm. to to like go for a pint and then to try and proactively dive yeah. into somebody's like um like how are you doing yeah. really how are you doing like even as a guy who's doing this podcast and feels very open to chat about his feelings I, I still really struggle with that. Definitely. And I think also as well, relationships, there's no need for, you know, Chloe and I, like she is brilliant. Like there's no kind of man or women, typical stereotypical role within our relationship. It's very 50, 50, which is great. But and I know that's hard for maybe some people, but you know, if, if you've got your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, whatever it is, just use them for, it doesn't need to be, there doesn't need to, I feel like there doesn't need to be this responsibility on guys' shoulders anymore to be the supplier, to be the one. It, it, that's At gone. All. That's yeah. long gone now. Chloe and I split everything 50 50. And sometimes even she would pay for more stuff than I would. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, you, you, there doesn't need to be that kind of. Yeah. 
responsibility on guys shoulders to to be that alpha male it does just doesn't just let it go i, I like preach brother you know, you know like amen, it's just sister. Like, amen sister it just doesn't <laughs> exist like it doesn't exist no right? well not not for me not for you it's just weird that that can still creep in of course it can yeah i've got one last question it's yeah. a quick one called cliche corner it's the last amen. question i ask everybody what would um and the reason it's called cliche corner is because it's a really cheesy question but what um what would advice would you give 13 year old josh going into the x factor oh don't worry about what everyone else is doing just focus on yourself and focus on the things that truly make you happy and don't don't sweat the small stuff really yeah that's kind of that's you know you can you can worry about your competition so so much that you lose the goal of yourself and you've only you only live once so enjoy every second awesome that's what i think i'd say josh man thanks so much thank for joining you so me. much for having me i really appreciate it have a good day bro you too bro thank you cheers Whew. that was a good one you've been listening to josh cuthbert on xy with me ewan plater thanks so much once again for coming to check out the show and i look forward to welcoming you back next week bye for now